0: Hi, welcome to the What If Podcast. Uh, your host tonight is going to be uh, Spank or What Not, uh, Ran uh, Cramper Snap. Hey, Ran. DJ Ran Cramper Snap, <laughs> fucking up your earbuds. Happy Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, everybody. Yeah. Spencer. Name one thing you're thankful for.
1: Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm thankful for people that send a weird shit to our PO box.
0: Oh, it's lit! We got some new goods. Yeah, yeah. goods and service. No, you can't send services in the mail. That's not how the mail works. Uh, you could send us a contract.
1: <laughs> I guess <laughs> we'll this sign will... and mail back to you, depending on what it says, <laughs> depending on what you'd like us to do. Yeah. Uh, what do we got? What, you can just what send happened? us an envelope full of money if you want? That would that would be a good. We could use that. <laughs> we could use.
0: That. <laughs> I got if, some ideas for that. If you got a sack of cash laying around, holler at your sweary boys. <laughs> just saying, consider it an investment. An investment in uh, yeah, that's that's funding you our could, fuckery right yeah, you there. You write
1: it off on your taxes, depending on how ethical you are or aren't.
0: I don't think that. <laughs> I'm not saying you could legally do that. <laughs> But you could do that. I donated. It feel to like the s- breaking
1: the law and committing tax fraud.
0: Our poor, sad,
1: sweary boys yeah. needed. <laughs> we're some sort help. of a
0: charity case. <laughs> wow, without without even blinking, we're a charity case.
1: Uh, you got your chair back. You, you thankful for that shit? Oh, I'm so thankful for
0: my chair. Is your butt comfy? My butt's comfy. You know what it was? My back is comfy. Mm. You got the I'm, proper support? I'm a big man, and I was in a very, like, low, squishy couch, and I felt like I was basically just dipping over backwards that mm. whole episode. No bueno. Now I feel like I've got the lumbar support required for <laughs> me to be uh, good at my job. Not, good. No, I'm not good at my job. Um, <laughs> for me to be okay. Your job job or this job? This job. Mm. Okay at this. Okay yes. at this talking on a microphone thing. Uh, We're thankful for you. Hi, everybody. It's the What If Podcast. Happy Turkey Day.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's mostly fuck that holiday, but like hang out with people you like. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Give money to small businesses owned by women and people of color. Yeah. There we go. You know. Yeah. Tell your uncle that he's racist if he's being racist. If if you gotta. Calls him like you sees him. Calls him like you sees him. (laughs) And you
0: know what? everybody's going to be better for it on the other side. Yep. Um, We had one voicemail that I kind of wanted to play this week.
1: Oh, sure. Do you have our voicemails up? Uh, no, but I can in just a second. Do you know which one it was or how I could go about finding the specific one you're looking for? Um,
0: I don't know how to say it without saying it. It's It was a short one. Or like um, mm, I can do could this. Could you tell me the,
1: the phone number perhaps that it came from? Or, yes. Uh, I mean, not the whole thing, ideally. Yes. Let or me. how recently it was perhaps? It was within the last... Couple of days few days. Okay. Give me give me the area code. I'll see if I can Find the one you're talking about. Uh, no, I didn't have it up either now. Oh, well, is, this is <laughs> this is just perfect
0: I've made a terrible mistake. Can everyone. you tell me what it was
1: about without ruining the story? No. Oh, this is this is a good bit we've got going here. Oh god. Oh god.
0: <laughs> These are the moments where I wish I could pause the show I, and come back. I
1: mean, you know, we technically
0: can, but yeah. I don't really like editing. It's no fun. I know. And also you guys like it when we fail and you can make fun of us.
1: Uh let's see. Somebody wants us to do an episode on Mike the Headless Chicken. We sorta of did. Yeah, I don't know. I if think it was, was on a the full... I, no, I think it was on the Patreon. Uh, somebody who fell asleep on the floor? That's the one. Okay. <laughs> That's the one.
0: Hi. Um, I just fell asleep on the floor. Yep. And when I woke up, the last couple moments of a dream were replaying in my head, and it was Spencer telling Ryan that all hallucinogens were made in North America. False. So if y'all could keep your bullshit out of my dreams, <laughs> that would be great. I'm going to go have some coffee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. I would, I mean, I don't know if this was the case here, but I definitely wouldn't recommend listening to us around bedtime or while falling asleep. I just, I love, I love that we are so stupid on the show sometimes that
0: someone dreamed us being stupid. That it ruined
1: someone's sleep. <laughs>
0: I just thought it was, and then she was just like, I'm going to go have some coffee. Bye. <laughs> Fuck you guys.
1: Dude, I, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail at 612 246 4614 since i just plug podcasts at the beginning of our plot podcast now why not um i was listening to this show called radio rental the other day okay and it's uh, it's great people tell their own like weird creepy spooky stories ooh fun but the, the it's set in this like uh there's this guy Who runs a video store and you're the, as the listener, you are like a customer in this old school video store. Interesting. And he like puts in a weird curated VHS tape for you. And then each one is one of these stories. Uh, Oh God. It's kind of a funny bit. I get it. Um, it's fuck. What's the guy's name? Whatever. It's some famous actor dude, but I never remember any actor's names. Sure. But I was listening to it as I fell asleep the other night and it was this story about a guy who ran into a doppelganger of his girlfriend. Ooh, creepy. And has, like, video and physical evidence of two of this person existing, like, simultaneously. That's not. I mean, it's probably made up. Who knows? (laughs) uh, Anyway, I fell asleep while listening to it. And had just taken some melatonin because I had been having trouble sleeping the last, the prior few nights. Been taking a lot of melatonin lately. That shit'll fuck your dreams. See, I away. took melatonin yeah. for the first time ever before oh. before putting this podcast on and then falling asleep. And boy, did I have some weird ones that oh, night. Oh, I was not aware that melatonin gave you f- freaky ass dreams. Yeah,
0: because it helps you get into your REM sleep faster and deeper Woo. so you're you're in it you're in your brain yeah, after that one all the way in there it's rain wilson yes from the office that's the one um yeah that's it's a, fun. it's a fun show it sounds like a great show one and two it sounds like you probably had some super fucked up dreams Yep, sure did
1: <laughs> but uh yeah the, you the know doppelgangers episode is especially fun I think it's episode two or something. Sweet.
0: You know they're fucked up when he's like, yep, not going to tell you about what those (laughs) dreams were. They were just pretty fucked up. Moving on. Moving on.
1: Uh, Should we talk about heists? We got a heist this week.
0: So I just want to start off by saying I have been pretty clear, I think particularly on recent episodes, but like I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. I love me a good grift. In this fucking episode. It's an epic one. It is the most epic of th- these guys were like, "Hey, you know what would be cool if we
1: just did Ocean's 11." Like but yeah. a- but actually. What year did that movie come out? It's a great question. Cuz I bet it was around the same time as this heist which happened in 2003. Wouldn't it be awesome if these guys were so inspired by
0: Ocean's 11 well, they were like 2001, man. <laughs> Two thousand and one. Okay. Well, it doesn't uh, exactly fit with the timeline, but
1: well, it's, uh, sort of.
0: I mean, he, didn't he rent it? Well, we'll get there.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, the the rights to the story were optioned to some movie studio, and we almost got a J.J. Abrams I movie know, out of
0: it, yo, dude. which would have been so fire. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's still time. There's this, still time.
1: We're gonna be talking about what is. Uh, usually referred to as the Antwerp Diamond heist. I love it so much because it took place in the Antwerp Diamond district in Belgium uh f- the, between 2000 between two thousand and two thousand and two thousand and three basically yeah started in well the i i guess
0: started is a weird word i who knows when the idea yeah popped into
1: the heads, but yeah, so the uh Trying to figure out a uh, quick background on the the Antwerp area or the diamond district of Antwerp, Belgium. Yes, um, Antwerp. It's about a three-block square area that, uh, up until 2012, eighty-four percent of the world's rough rough diamonds passed through this district at some point between being mined and ending up in stores. So That's so wild. De Beers, who controls the majority of the world's diamond supply. Mines and supply, yeah. Yeah. Um this was typically their first uh I guess drop off of their diamonds that they had mined. Yeah. Um And that's for like sizing, appraisal, cutting, selling directly to dealers of all kinds. Yeah, also yeah.
0: selling in mass to other people who do those exact same things. So yeah. there's
1: this three block, three square block district in Belgium where 84% of the world's diamond supply passed through,
0: which I can't even begin to try to put a dollar amount
1: on, but I bet it's really big. Uh well, they did an annual turnover, which I don't exactly I don't know exactly what that term means. Turnover? Yeah. Is that like amount of money passing through?
0: Yeah, because I would imagine there's like an amount that is put there and then stored there. So I'd imagine turnover would be like
1: comes in and goes out. Total value passing through. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Goes out probably. That number is $54 billion annually. Or it was. That's too many dollars. Uh, I think that number is from two thousand and three when this heist happened. Got it. So it's probably significantly more at this point. Now. Well, in two thousand and twelve, a lot of this uh, was like redistributed throughout the world. So it is oh. it is not currently uh, the, the, at the center that it once was. Yeah. So anyway, um, there are there were in two thousand three three hundred and eighty workshops working for 1,500 different companies and 3,500 brokers, merchants, and diamond cutters working in this three-square block area. It's like the Garment District in L.A., but it's just way more expensive stuff. Yeah. Um, Also, 80% of Antwerp's Jewish population works in the diamond trade. Got it. Or worked. Again, this is uh, as of 2003. Got it. And... Yiddish was actually the primary language of the Diamond Exchange at the time.
0: Damn, that's wild. Yeah.
1: And it also meant that no business was conducted on Saturdays. Oh, right. Makes sense. Yeah. Which will be important later. That is the Sabbath. Yeah. So there was a guy named Leonardo Noter Bartolo, <laughs> who uh, was sort of a career-long thief. A miscreant, if you will. I am not familiar with that term. Mm, it's a good word.
0: Okay. Miscreant. M- 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 definition, please. <laughs> uh, what is a miscreant? Uh, it's just like a- Language of origin, please. <laughs> please. Miscreant is just like um, like a little shithead. Like, <laughs> oh, just-
1: This guy, kind of, I mean, we gotta give him a little more credit than that. Yeah, he no, made a, a like, goddamn career out of this no, shit. No,
0: but like troublemaker, like, just like, um, you're- you're your, fucking shit up ah, for of the, for others. Now yeah. I have to actually. That's yeah, fine. It's, it's ridiculous fine. that I can use that word in a sentence, and then you tell me to define it, and I'm like, mm.
1: Yeah, well, the, a person
0: who behaves badly or
1: in a way that breaks the law. Yeah, okay. He broke the law plenty of times, primarily through uh, stealing things that didn't belong to him. Yeah, he That's how stealing works.
0: He started when he was a kid, and throughout his life, stole everything from cars to fucking straight-up monies to- other jewelry and diamonds
1: yeah. and so, uh, in 2000, nota Bartolo, he was an Italian fellow, uh, opened or rented an office in the diamond district in Antwerp, specifically in the Antwerp diamond center. Yes. And his reason for this was to gain access to and information about, uh, the goings on in the diamond district in hopes of pulling off some sort of heist, Yes. eventually, and we don't know or it's not clear from everything
0: I've seen. Maybe you have a different story. It's not clear whether or not he had this specific planned in mind or the the heist. That we're going to talk about the specific heist in mind when he did that or if it was just like I'm going to centralize myself in a way where I I will yeah. hang out enough to, until an opportunity well, arises.
1: I think he was uh, stealing jewels and gems and valuables in other parts of the world as well. Mm. And Strong. this district is uh, notorious for lots of under the table, off the books dealings as well. Mm. So it was also an opportunity for him to sell stolen goods without the scrutiny that he would be subject to in other parts of the world.
0: Yeah. Cause it, cause it said that he had a semi semi legitimate, like, Trading business of his own as it relates to diamonds while he was in there So yeah, it's just that he was also using it as an opportunity to essentially case the whole neighborhood
1: Yeah, so he, he rented an office in this antwerp diamond center, which he chose specifically because one of the largest diamond vaults in the world is in the basement of this building. Yeah, it's two floors below street level it's centrally located
0: in the area uh one thing I don't think you mentioned about the Diamond District that I found fascinating was that um, it has its own private police force. Yeah, which is essentially they have some
1: cute name too. Uh, they like the
0: Diamond Dogs or the. Oh, that's fantastic! If it is, I didn't see that.
1: But the they essentially gem, gem guys or it's something goofy gem. It's it's neither of those things, but they have their own name uh, for like their police force. I love it. Apparently, they rent it essentially
0: from like the. the all of the people who work out of the Diamond District pay some sort of tax that goes An to the Belgian fee. government. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. And then they rent basically police officers from yeah. uh, from Antwerp, the city of Antwerp,
1: to actually monitor the area. contract is the word. Mm, you're probably right. <laughs> Renting people is usually frowned upon. Frowned
0: upon. Yeah. Um, and then also something I found fascinating too was that whole area is – Uh, I don't know what the word would be. It's sort of cordoned by these street areas where there are metal poles that can be triggered via um, via the police. That essentially you hit a button and these posts rise up out of the ground as a way of stopping any traffic in and out.
1: Yeah. No, it's 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 like... It's intense. Yeah, like futuristic post-apocalyptic shit, almost. Yeah, like Fort Knox shit. Yeah, everybody walking around with guns and people actually walking (laughs) around with briefcases handcuffed to their wrist and stuff. So tight. I love it. So anyway, uh, Leonardo rents this office in the Antwerp Diamond Center, and he is, quote-unquote, legitimately doing business out of there, although it sounds like... Some or all of the things he's selling were probably stolen, but he's he's buying things, uh, gems and diamonds, usually are always in cash, usually smaller items. Not doing any, like, big business, but... No, and his rent there was super cheap. It was, like, the equivalent of $700
0: a month. Which so, seems crazy that that would be available, but... I mean, I I would imagine... I mean, if you're talking about this this district center building looked like a, it's not a skyscraper by any means, but it's like, it's a decent sized building. And if you're renting out, you know, 700 square feet, that's essentially like a place with a desk to meet people with like a shared bathroom on the floor. Like, I guess
1: I could see how that would be. I would just think that the demand versus the supply there would require higher rents, but apparently not. Yeah. Also it was, you know, 16 years ago now, I suppose. Right. Um, so anyway, he's he's there for uh about a year before he's approached by another diamond dealer who says I have a question for you.
0: <laughs>
1: can we can we take a walk and and talk about something? And it's it, most of the information we're getting about these specific details uh, actually come from Noto Bartolo himself. He did an interview with Wired um, I don't know, like 10 years ago now or something? Yeah, nine, nine or 10 years ago? Came when, out in when he was in jail. Um, and so a lot of this story that we're going to be retelling is <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> is his version of it yes. that hasn't necessarily been independently verified by anyone else. Yeah, the story so, is Nick Nick Wapplington wrote it and... Uh, He's a good writer. Yeah, no, the, the article really well is great. I, I totally trust him and his reporting. No, I'm just for saying sure. It's all coming from one source, and it is the person who is in jail for this crime. Yes.
0: <laughs> and also, there are some very interesting... uh there may be some ulterior motives. Caveats in, there play. that we'll yeah. talk about at the yeah. end. Yeah.
1: So anyway, he claims that in 2001, this diamond dealer came to him and said is it possible to break into the vault in the basement of the Antwerp Diamond Center? And he said, LOLOLOLOLOL. <laughs> yeah, he said absolutely not, was his first response. Like, I've been essentially casing it for the last year, year and a half, and there's no way. It's too well protected. It is guarded. It, there are cameras. There is a three-ton vault door. Yeah. Um, well, and not only
0: casing it, but in his semi-legitimate business as he is procuring. However, he's procuring things from other places and selling and trading them out of his own space. The vault itself is a shared vault of all of the diamond distributors in that building Uh, and beyond. It can be. He had a safe deposit box in that (laughs) vault. That's what I mean is like,
1: if you're in there, you have an equivalent space in- I don't. I don't know if every if you like necessarily did because there were only like 180 of them. But he had one.
0: Okay, I got. I guess the way I read it was there were 180 separate offices in that space, and mm. like their vault, like that- corresponded with their. This is your when it's not in your office space and you need to stash stash it. This is the
1: stash stash spot. So yeah, he did have regular access to the vault because he had a safe deposit box in the vault
0: and moved in and out of it freely. Right. Cause he's running his business out of there. So he's like, right. Hey, I got to bring down, you know, a couple hundred grand in diamonds. Okay, cool. Come on down. And then, right. you know, dump stuff off or picking stuff up to go sell yeah. it or whatever it might be. So
1: he knows it well. So he tells this unnamed diamond dealer, there's no way. And the diamond dealer says, here's a hundred grand to prove to me that there's no, you way you can't. So he, uh, in some like truly mission impossible spy shit, I love it. The next couple so times much. he goes to the vault, brings this little tiny digital camera in the shape of a pen with him, clips it into his front the front pocket of his shirt, and takes some very specific photos.
0: Yeah, he um the it, it was an HD camera that took or could store roughly a hundred photos. And one of the things that I was thinking about was you know, reading the article, I was like, this happened in leading up to 2003. So 2001, 2002. He
1: says it was 01 when the dealer approached him about breaking into the vault.
0: So some month or months roughly after that. Yeah, late, gotta,
1: late 2001.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I got my first digital camera as a gift for, like, I think it was my 16th birthday. I got my first digital camera. And I turned 16 in 2000 and. Uh, three, three, and in 2003, a digital camera was large, pretty and expensive, sh- and shitty. And the megapixels <laughs> you could get out of like a $500, yeah, no, like it wasn't great, it was like one and Dude, a half I, megapixels.
1: I got a BFA in photography between 2004 and 2008, and we were not required to take. Any digital photos we I learned entirely on film. Sure, even as late as two thousand and eight, in like a university BFA setting. Sure, yeah, we we shot negatives and scanned them because digital photography was still so trash in the mid two thousands. So that was it. That was the first detail in the story where I was like, "Huh, all right." But you got to consider too, like what's commercially available versus what's actually available.
0: Sure. And also, what's available to you if you have diamond dealer money? That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sure if you're willing to go black market, if you're willing to spend a bunch of money, you could have found like the technology conceptually has existed a lot longer. Sure, it's just not like on you the couldn't market, walk into on Best the Buy and and buy a right twenty megapixel. Spy camera pen but Totally But <laughs> it's probably, just like They probably existed
0: Yeah I guess it's just to me It was like This is the first Extraordinary detail Of this story There will be many more And there are many more
1: So what he photographed Specifically were the uh, I guess mechanical Defense mechanisms In place In and around the vault And and there were many And, and the layout in general like, Yeah Just right, to right. get to get an idea of the size, the space, the distances between things, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess because you got to figure out how you're getting in and out and all that kind of stuff too. Right, Right. And, um so the door itself to this vault has it's I don't remember the exact number, maybe you have it in your notes, but it's several tons. It's like a three. It, it's like three tons. 3 tons and it's like a foot thick steel door
0: yeah and there's a there's photos online it looks thicker than it like it says it they say it was a foot thick it looks thicker than a foot too okay.
1: um, and in addition there's a combination lock with four separate uh, dials like four digits each zero to ninety nine well which one dial but you got to turn it four times
0: and put one number from zero to ninety nine in four right. times yeah but yeah, so
1: there are like whatever that is, millions of possible it's combinations, like a hundred million different yeah. com- combinations you could possibly put in. There is a keyed lock with a one of a kind foot long key, which needed. doesn't even compute. But I'm assuming that makes it significantly harder to duplicate.
0: Yeah, I, the way I gather is it's it's like a really long password.
1: Sure. You know like I'm if saying there's even only- to manufacture a foot long key You can't go like cut it in a traditional Oh yeah 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 You have to make it in an entirely different process
0: No for sure for sure I had a buddy that was super into lock picking in high school And like just the whole concept I feel of- like we all did right
1: Yeah there was And then the one kid who really liked to burn stuff Or like loved fireworks a little bit too much Yeah 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 Maybe these are just white people problems but- Sometimes
0: it was the same kid And you're like
1: hey we should we should stop being friends yeah. with Danny Yeah your parents were right about that kid Yeah <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, like really into
1: hunting too, uh,
0: yeah. right, man, Uh, no, I was just going to say, but like that friend taught me about like the concept of tumblers in a lock and how you have to essentially depress all of the tumblers to get it to actually allow for the tension to twist it. Yeah. And I think the other thing about it being super long is if you got to get to a tumbler in the back of a foot long thing, the the thing you would need to get the tension to get to that thing and then turn the whole thing would be like has to be really big. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to have like a fucking golf club. <laughs> like right. it would be right. ridiculous. Picking it,
1: you can't you can't pick it with any traditional yeah. lock picking tools. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So combination uh, dial a key lock. There's a seismic sensor that senses any vibrations. So if you were to try and like drill through it, those vibrations would be sensed and an alarm goes off. Yes. Uh, behind this door, if you get the door open, there's a separate locked steel grate. Yep. And, uh, there's a magnetic sensor with a different key. Yes. A magnetic sensor or a pair of magnetic sensors on one on the vault door and one on the wall next to the door. Yep. So if these, if this magnetic field changes, as in, if you pull the door open and these sensors are no longer parallel to each other, an alarm goes off.
0: Right. It's how a lot of contemporary security systems work today. You get a little wireless thing right. and it you put one side on the top of your or on the bottom of your window and one on the actual window itself. And if someone opens the window, right. that magnetic seal breaks and it
1: sets off the alarm. And then there's also a camera, uh, a security camera focused on the door at all times.
0: Yeah, and they and the way that like envision it this way. There's like, when they talk about the door, it's like, there's a lobby to the vault and then Mm -hmm. there's the vault itself. And the, in the lobby, you're faced with all of these things, including there was also a light sensor in the vault too, or excuse me, in the lobby of the vault. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's just like, you have to get through all of this shit just Just to 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 get to the door, just to get to the door
1: yeah, or through the door, I guess as well. So if you open the door and the grate behind the door, and actually get into the vault. There is then a light sensor that if any lights are turned on, uh, this, it will set off an alarm. There's another camera and, or I'm assuming several cameras there. It is covered by security cameras and there is a heat slash motion sensor. So if that is sensitive enough that someone's body heat being in the room would raise would it. raise the ambient temperature enough to set off the sensor, set off an alarm. Yep. So really, any way that someone would enter this vault, if these alarms are activated or armed, you're fucked. Yep. If you move, even if you stand still. Yep. If there's any light, anything, any vibrations, anything, alarms are going off. So, he turns these photos back to the dealer. And he says, good luck, fucko. And he says, look, it's impossible. I'll take my money. See you later. And he doesn't hear from him for several months. The next time he hears from him, he brings him to a warehouse and shows him an exact replica of the vault and the vault door and the vault lobby that he is built inside of a warehouse. <laughs> Including everything is to scale. He's got the same sensors. Everything. So. I don't. Is it too early to call
0: to call questions of this dude's story? No, go ahead. Well, I Just like.
1: This seems highly improbable. This. Or highly this, difficult.
0: I mean, this literally is the plot to Ocean's Eleven at this point.
1: Yeah. They
0: recreated the vault so they could practice the crime in the
1: vault. Let me give you one counter argument to your skepticism, though. Yes. They fucking did it somehow. Well... It worked somehow. For sure. So... But I have a theory about that, too. Okay. Well, let's keep going but for now. But yes. Um, so he shows him this replica, and he also shows him or introduces him to... A team that he's put together that has been practicing breaking into this replica vault in this warehouse for several months, yep, and it's uh four other guys who have really cool very uh mission impossible esque nicknames and we, he
0: says they only spoke of each other in nicknames so they didn't have to know who they who each other really were. I mean probably smart, yeah. As, particularly if you're being introduced to people you've never worked with before.
1: We have... You can't snitch that way. We have the monster, who was an expert lock awesome. picker, electrician, mechanic, and driver, and was apparently just a big motherfucker. Good for him. Uh, we have... Solidarity. The, the genius, who apparently was an expert in all types of alarm systems. Yep. The King of Keys, who was a man... Fantastic. Uh, Notor, Notor Bartolo says was uh, probably in his sixth, mid to late 60s and was an expert in lock picking, key fabrication, reproduction, anything to do with keys and locks. Yep. And then uh, Leonardo and Leonardo brought on his buddy Speedy... To be their driver, essentially. Significantly less cool name. Yep, not I feel a great like, one.
0: I feel like I feel like when you add a guy named Speedy, and I just envision some derp
1: into like a propeller hat, just well, like, "Hey guys, are we gonna are we gonna rob the store or what?" Spoiler: This guy did eventually fuck up their plan. Yep. Um, so they've got these this this team of five: Leonardo, Speedy, plus these other three guys. Yeah, 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 and. Um, this dealer and the other three guys that he's assembled convince Leonardo that they can actually pull this off. Yep. So this is, uh, we don't know exact dates, late 2001, early 2002. Yep. That he's shown this replica and convinced, yeah, we should actually give this a shot. We can do it. Yep. In September of 2002, Leonardo plants a another tiny digital camera above the vault door. I don't know how he manages to do this. If it's as simple as like, he's walking in one day and like brushes his hand across the ceiling or we don't know. He doesn't specify another thing. I have questions about sure. Just for what it's worth. Yep. Uh, I I mean, I think you're right to question most parts of the story because they're coming entirely from one guy who's in jail (laughs) for lying. And he he starts the interview by saying, I am a thief and a liar, but what I'm about to tell you is true. Doesn't he say I'm a thief and a liar and an Italian or something like that? Uh, I think you're just making things up about Italians.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I thought, I swear to God, that was part of his like... Like, like he was doing like a wink, wink thing.
1: Right no, now. <laughs>
0: I know I have to find it so I don't get fucking shit it on. I swear he said something like that. All right.
1: Anyway, whatever. In two thousand two, in September of two thousand two, he plants this camera uh, above the vault door, pointed down at the dial. Oh, so that did you find the quote? I found I found what I thought was what it was, and never mind. No, no, no. Now you know you I, gotta
0: read it. Okay, I I. <laughs> I've been using this text to speech app to put articles into uh into like a text to speech thing and then listen to them while I'm doing something
1: else. Oh, gotcha. And I put Instead this article of sitting and reading a long article. You listen to it. Exactly. Okay.
0: And I did that with this article and he says, I may be a thief and a liar. He says in a beguiling Italian accented French, but I'm going to tell you a true story. And I think I had it on 2x speed. Yeah, and I, Italians thought, do lie. I thought, I thought it was, <laughs> I may be a thief and a liar and I may be Italian or something like that, but mm. I'm going to tell you a true story.
1: Mm. I was doing the dishes, man. I don't know. <sighs> Fuck you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> in 2002, he plants his camera above the door pointed down at the dial so they can capture images of someone opening the dial, so they can get the, the code, the number combination. A hundred million options. You need the code. You need. Yeah, the, there's you, no, there's no other way. You need that. This apparently works. Um, it's some very elaborate, like the camera was transmitting to a. Uh, Hard drive in a like a, a fake fire extinguisher in a utility closet or something, which is just outrageous. Just some extra over the top spy shit. You could have just taken pictures, but whatever. Yeah. Um, they then wait uh, until about five months until February of 2003 to actually try and pull this off. And they chose the date of Saturday, February 15th. To actually do it for a couple of reasons. Yep. The first being that on Thursday, February 13th, there was a shipment from De Beers into Antwerp uh, and specifically into the vault at Antwerp Diamond Center. So that following weekend, everybody's stash would have been plentiful. Right. It was the most, uh, I guess, just the most diamonds that were going to be for the foreseeable future in this location.
0: It's like in Ocean's Eleven when there's going to be a boxing match and they want to rob it while there's a bunch of people I who mean, are betting on boxing. I don't know if I've ever even
1: seen that whole movie. I should probably...
0: Oh, my God, bro. You get dude, to I've watch never, You get to watch Brad Pitt eat for like an hour and a half. Pardon? This is... Uh, <laughs> Friend of the show, like literally eat it, eating the whole movie. No, no, this is friend of or the show. Like, his
1: performance was dope. Brad Pitt was eating.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> this, this is this is friend of the show and uh, guest on the Patreon. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't listened to our page show, Nick Mastad's take, which is. Look, man, he, the whole bit is that Brad Pitt is eating in almost every scene in the movie. He's, like, eating, like, french fries or, like, he's got nachos or whatever. What a weird thing. It is a weird thing. And he's, like... My man was just hungry for the entire, like, three months they worked on that movie? Yeah, and, and I and the like, his joke has always been, come on, bro, tell me you don't want to just watch a movie where Brad Pitt is going to eat for two hours. Like, that's
1: a great movie. And I think <laughs> that's, that's a such a fire take. take.
0: It is a ridiculous <laughs> take, and I
1: fully support it. <laughs> anyway, so... On Thursday, it's Diamond. I've seen a movie. Spencer has (laughs) it. I think I have. Eat my shorts. Eat pants. Eat pants. I think I have. It's just either been like, I think I saw it on TV or like I saw it at the- Oh, oh, you mean because it's on TNT every 45 minutes? So like, I don't know if I've seen it start to finish or if I've seen like, seen it all at some point, but not all in one sitting. Sure, 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 sure. Whatever. I got you. I got you. Uh- Anyway, so Thursday the 13th was Diamond Payday. They're flush. Uh, On Friday, uh, Leonardo goes to the vault to access or under the guise of accessing his safe deposit box. When he's in there by himself momentarily, he pulls out of his coat pocket a can of hairspray. and sprays it over the heat and movement sensor inside the vault. Yes. Which he believes the the coating, the residue of the hairspray over the sensor will be enough insulation to uh, essentially deactivate the heat sensor part of that sensor
0: yeah clogs it the the i think the theory was there's enough silicone in hairspray that that essentially creates a silicone barrier i mean you use silicone to take like shit out of the oven right if you put that over a heat sensor there's even a thin you know couple millimeters layer of that would be enough to buy you more time
1: Right. Because we're talking about very minor fluctuations in ambient temperature. Like one person being in a room, their body heat is going to raise the room temperature, what? I mean, a small fraction of a degree. Right. In over the course of an hour or something. Right. So if you can prevent that,
0: well, and also not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but also they just needed it. They needed it. They needed it to do its job just long enough for them to get in there
1: and cover it up. Deactivate the sensors essentially. Well, deactivate and then cover them up fully. Right. So they're only really trying to buy themselves a few minutes. Right. Yeah. So he does that on Friday. They choose to actually do the heist on Saturday knowing that everything will be closed. No one's working. They probably have until Monday morning before anyone else is going to be in the vault again.
0: Just to clarify, it it was... Friday night into Saturday morning, right?
1: Yes. So they they set their heist. Heist the clock was... Heist the clock. Put it on
0: the list, <laughs> was dude. Mi- put It was midnight
1: the list. of Friday night slash Saturday morning. Yes. To give themselves the most possible time before anyone would be in the vault again. Because yes. no one's working Saturday... Or Sunday, likely. Saturday, for sure. Likely Sunday. Yeah. So if they're out of there by Saturday morning, they have minimum 24 hours. Before anybody More like 48, probably, before anyone would even notice that anything was missing. Right. So, on midnight, Saturday, February 13th, or 15th, 2003... They pull off this heist. Dum, dumb, dum, 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 dumb. Dum, I mean dumb yes, dumb dumb. Very much, yes. The five of them pull up in a rented car. Gotta. And well I
0: know. Whatever. you, you gotta rent whatever. it. You gotta rent it, but you can't have the plates on
1: it. Do you have to rent it? You can't find a car that's like not under a any sort of title, or I you can't don't know. like Pay cash for a car somewhere or I something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you can buy if you can afford to buy
0: fucking crazy pen They're shirt, fucking diamond dealers. Like, yeah, what? You, you should. You they sh- have money. You should go to the countryside and you should give someone five hundred dollars for a car that you will, should have
1: someone else do that for you. You should have
0: someone go to the countryside yeah. and get you a five hundred dollar cash car. No, yeah. I agree. I agree.
1: But whatever. fucking whatever. whatever. Instead of having to return a rental car on Monday morning. I didn't know <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Anyway.
0: No no it was a um it was a good trip. <laughs> Like we you, had, like you we gotta had put fun.
1: A, you got to put a credit card down for that, right? I didn't have a chance to put gas in it. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> I'll, I'll really them, busy. I'll oh, pay the $38 a gallon. Anyway, they pull up, and they had identified this private courtyard in the back of the building as their point of entry because they somehow determined that it was not covered by the security cameras. So in addition to all the individual buildings having security cameras... There are, like, dozens of, I guess, public security cameras throughout the district. Or not public, but, like, yeah, in public location security cameras. It's like
0: when you're in London, you're, like, probably on camera in the streets because they yeah. got basically,
1: like, CCTV throughout the entire city. Yeah, I guess, like, most major cities probably do some version of this right. now, at least in, like, downtown areas. But um, so they found this courtyard in the back of the building, that they somehow concluded was not visible on any security cameras. And one of them earlier in the week went back there and hit a ladder so that they could climb up to this second story terrace and enter through a window on this terrace.
0: Now, at this moment, I would like to say I feel like if you're a dude walking through the diamond district with a ladder and you're like throwing it into a garden, I feel like that would cast some suspicions. Well, Hey dude, what are you
1: doing? It could be as simple as like Leonardo had an office in this building. He brings a ladder into his office one day and then like, drops it off in the courtyard when he's leaving work I it guess. wouldn't have to be that suspicious i guess it just seems or like they found one in a utility closet in the building and, and just brought, brought it, it out outside there at night or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah that's it wouldn't real, have that's to real. be that crazy so anyway they they bring everything in uh get everybody in the building through this ladder up to the second floor terrace mm. and even on the windows and on like all the exterior parts of the building there are security sensors of different kinds yes and on the terrace itself there is a another like heat sensor and one of the guys i believe the monster knew this anticipated this and he brings this shield with him that uh it's made out of like some sort of polyester i guess yeah, I got I got the impression it was like a big... I didn't get the impression it was a... He, I thought it was a motion sensor, not I a think heat sensor. It, I believe it was heat because, I mean, motion... I don't know how you trick a motion sensor. I thought the idea was he had this polyester shield that is uh, not conductive. Mm. So you essentially hide behind it as you approach this sensor. Got it. Your body heat does not reach the sensor, And then he places the shield in front of the sensor so that their body heat doesn't get all of their body heat is not able to reach the sensor. It's like deflected off of this polyester shield. Got it. Got it. Got it. So they don't trip this body heat sensor outside.
0: I was thinking of it as more like a a motion sensor where they were just basically holding up this big, thick, one color sheet in front of them Mm. and that it wouldn't be enough to like
1: disturb the imagery or the background for it to. I believe it was heat and got one ahead. of them went up first, blocking his own body heat with the shield and then just placed this shield in front of the sensor and then the rest of them And it then came it was up. like, get in, motherfuckers. Yeah, we got to go. Exactly. There was also a, a sensor on the window like the one you were describing earlier where yep. there's two sensors. If they move a- apart from each other, it sets an alarm. They were able to just deactivate that somehow. I don't know, by just snipping a wire or, or what. Sure, sure, sure. And they all climb in through this window drop down into a stairwell down into the basement where the vault is. Yep. So another reason that they chose this specific entry point was that it was very near a stairwell that led directly to the basement to the vault so they wouldn't have to move through other parts of the building. Smart. Very yeah. smart. Grifting well. They also brought a bunch of pla- like small black plastic bags with them and covered all of the security cameras before turning any of the lights on. Yeah. So... By the time they were in and actually operating, all of the cameras were already just filming the inside of a black bag. Yep. They get down to the actual vault, to the door, and they then have to disable the magnetic sensor on the door. Yep. They have to enter the correct combination on the dial. Yep. They have to unlock the door. With the key. With the giant foot-long key. They have to pick the lock on the metal grate behind it. Yep. And then they're into the vault itself. Yes. The metal or the magnetic sensor on the door and on the wall, they kind of, they came up with like a pretty ingenious plan for not deactivating it, but uh, Keep, subverting it or
0: keeping it active and moving it out of their way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they brought with them, they must've had like several bags worth of shit for all the supplies that they brought in. But it has to have been. They had this sheet of aluminum with them with really strong double-sided tape on both sides of it. Yeah. So they put this aluminum sheet over both of the sensors while they're still on the door and on the wall next to the door. Adhere it to the two sensors, drill through the aluminum sheet to the bolts on the two sensors unhook the two sensors from the wall, but now they're affixed to the back of this metal sheet of aluminum. So they stay, so they haven't moved relative to each other. They stay equidistant apart. Yep. And then they just flip that aluminum sheet over and stick it to the wall next to the door. Yep. So these two sensors have not moved relative to each other, but now one of them is no longer on the door. They're just stuck to the wall next to each other.
0: It's brilliant. Yeah. Now, if I had been designing this vault for what it's worth, Mm-hmm. I would have put those sensors inside the vault. Fair. Not outside the vault where they could be screwed with at all. Cuz that's a very were, good
1: point. If you're doing any of these things on your home, you don't put them outside. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if it were inside the vault, you can't just open it or and you can't get to them to be able to fuck with them. Right. Just seems like kind of a massive flaw, but yeah. You know.
1: Also to get to that point, you got a, lot, to do lot, of a other, lot of other shit. a lot of other things would have had to fail, and even if you do disarm these things, there are still a lot of other things that would have to fail.
0: Totally agree. It just seems like it, it's those people's job to be like, "Oh, you know what we should do instead of having this out here."
1: So, so speaking of oversights, yes, their their next step was they so they entered the the code that they had acquired through the photographs yep. on the on the dial on the door. Yep, they had to then unlock the door with this giant foot long key that Keymaster guy had made a replica of. Right. However, he had a suspicion based on the photos and video that Leonardo had shared with him that it was stored somewhere unsecure because whenever people would unlock the door, he would see them first go out of frame somewhere and come right back and grab this key. So he guessed based on these videos that that out of frame somewhere was the fucking janitor's closet in the hallway next to the door which they just picked the lock to, and the key was hanging on a hook inside the janitor's closet. It's brilliant. It's so it, brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant, or it's the dumbest shit ever. No, it's, it's the dumbest shit ever. It's brilliant on their part to I, realize how simple it was.
0: That's that's the part that I meant was brilliant. It's, like, it's brilliant that they were like, hey,
1: let's just check this door real I quick. I bet it's just in here, yeah.
0: Hey, there's a big foot-long fucking key. Right? I bet I
1: know what that's for. So they've disarmed the magnetic sensor, they've covered the security cameras and the light sensor outside. Um... They have the key, they have the combination, they pop the vault door open. Yep. They then are able to just pick the lock on this metal grate behind it, and they're into the vault. They still have not turned on any lights in the building at this point, because there are there's a light sensor outside of the vault in this like sort of vault lobby, yep. and then there's another separate light sensor inside the vault.
0: I got the... For what it's worth, I got the impression, and I could be wrong, I got the impression that they had covered the light sensor in the lobby to be able to do all of that stuff they were doing. You're right, doing. you're right. They turned it back off before Turned it back off door. and then went in
1: and stayed in the dark while they were figuring out the inside of the vault. You, you are correct. So if they turned the lights off, enter the vault, and they had the vault memorized based on their replica of it. In the warehouse. Yeah, so they know where the sensors are they know where everything is laid out inside this vault. Right. Um they cover the uh the heat sensor, yep, with a like a styrofoam box basically that they attach to the wall over it.
0: Wait, wasn't the first thing they did didn't the monster go in and
1: change the routing of the wires in the ceiling? So Yes, I believe they did these. They covered the sensors first to buy themselves a little more time. Got it. So they they cover the the heat sensor. They cover the light sensor with just like black duct tape. Yep. And there was one other one that I can't remember right now. But before turning on any of the lights, oh the yeah whatever. I think it was just heat and mo- heat motion light. Yeah, heat and motion are one sensor combined. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, the monster dude walks into the middle of the room. He had pasted out hundreds of times in this replica room. Yeah. Knows where this, like, electrical box on the ceiling is that all these alarms are routed through. Is able to access this electrical box and still in the dark, strip the wires and reroute it so that no signal is actually leaving the room. It's just like a, a circuit back onto itself. So none of the alarms trip... But even if they did, it wouldn't send any signal outside of the room. It's just this little self-contained unit. It, yeah, it just sends the electrical
0: impulse from the out wire back to the in wire. And he had prefabricated a wire that was specifically like, apparently they had researched what it was going to be and knew it's, what the current needed to be so that it could go through. It's which crazy though wild. even
1: like stripping a wire in the dark... Would be really hard if you haven't practiced it a bunch of times. Also, he's doing. I've stripped
0: wires multiple times in my life and clipped that wire no problem. Like, very easily.
1: Totally in the dark. Above his head. So, like, it even feels unnatural. Right. And then he's splicing wires back together as well. And it obviously has to be the correct ones.
0: Yeah. And you're sweating and fucking. And I think, like, that's one of the wildest things about this story is. There are so many things that so could many have variables. gone wrong.
1: So many variables. So many things that should have gone wrong. Yeah, and almost none of them did. Right. But still enough did. <laughs> well, one so one particular. They now are in the vault. The alarms are disabled. They're operating in the dark, I guess, just to be safe. Which I kind of
0: get. Like You're like, we're pretty sure we stopped those signals from going out, and we're pretty sure... That like putting Those tape cameras. over that thing isn't going to fucking yeah. trigger the, trigger the light, but
1: so they're operating totally in the dark. Um, they made a, like a custom hand drill yeah. to pop open the safe deposit boxes. They didn't want the sound of a power drill. Well, they were worried about the
0: vibration and they didn't to, want the vibrations yeah. to hit the, um, the vibration sensor
1: or the, the, the yeah, seismic seismic reader. Whatever, yeah. Um, So this hand drill could pop open one of these safe deposit boxes in about three minutes of drilling. So they're just going through from box to box to box, popping one open, emptying it into a bag, turning a flashlight on for a second to find the next one, popping it open, emptying it, and they repeat this for hours. And we're talking about
0: inside here, there is... It's like yes, we're in the diamond district, but it wasn't just diamonds. Yes, it was a lot of diamonds of all sizes, but there was cash of a bunch of different denominations. You're you're
1: buying and selling, so you need cash on hand as well. Or you're receiving cash in exchange for gems. Yep. There was
0: jewelry with diamonds in it. So you've got like bracelets and necklaces and watches and all kinds of shit. So like, yes, it's the diamond district,
1: but like there's all kinds of Goodies in this motherfucker. So they end up popping open and emptying, I think it was 108 or 109 out of the 180 safe deposit boxes yep. in the vault. At about 5 30, they know that AM, they know they have to call it because they want to get out of there before it's light outside.
0: Yep. And they got to drive away in a fucking rental car with well, fucking cargo bags over their shoulders. And they have
1: to load all this stuff out in the dark back through this window, down a ladder, out to the street. So they're taking multiple, multiple trips Dicey. to load this shit out, knowing each time you're susceptible to someone seeing you or to you making noise or to you setting off one of the multiple alarms. Dicey. So they call it at about 5.30. They load everything out by about 6.30. Just as the sun's coming up, they get out of there. No one notices... That anything is wrong. None of the alarms are tripped, nothing, until Monday morning when people come into work, see the door open, and see stuff strewn everywhere. One of the articles I read
0: said that uh, it was, like, a complete pandemonium for people in the building. They were, like, crying and, like, yeah. fainting. I mean, and they, like, they
1: estimated that they got away with about $100 million worth of shit. Yeah. In 2003. So. Yeah. Whatever inflation Whatever that does to that, today, yep. um, they even called their security company and said, "Hey, what the fuck?" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" Still, everything's still working from our end. Forty-eight hours later, all of their readings on all of the alarms, all of the sensors were still normal. Nothing had been tripped. Yep, crazy, crazy. So, the five guys go back to Leonardo's apartment and they start looking through their hall and they've got millions in cash of a bunch of different currencies. They they have rough diamonds. They have loose diamonds. They have jewelry.
0: And they're looking to consolidate everything and then travel to Milan, right? They were going to go to
1: Milan. They were, well, they had to meet up with their dealer to give the dude who like organized this whole thing to give him his cut and then divvy up the rest. Right. But as they're going through all this stuff in Leonardo's apartment, there were these black satchels that were what the the rough diamonds were delivered by the De beers in right. to the dealers. Right. Which is the primary thing that they were after in in this whole heist. That right. was the majority of the value that they were going to get. Right. It was the reason that they timed it that weekend because they knew that they were going to be there. Right. They bring all these satchels back to the apartment. Right. Open them up for the first time there because they couldn't see anything in the vault because it was t- pitch black. Right. And all these satchels are empty. So eighty percent of what they thought they had stolen wasn't actually there. They thought they were getting away with about a hundred million in value. They got closer to twenty.
0: Now, according, according to Leonardo, to Leonardo yeah, he is
1: the only source for this.
0: So uh, I, I totally understand. Like you're in a rush, you're moving, you're grabbing leather, you're throwing it into bags, whatever. But if eight out of every 10 bags out of a hundred plus bags that you pulled out of these or whatever, but like, I'm just spitballing here, but like a hundred boxes that were emptied into bags. Yeah. A hundred plus. If, if, if eight out of 10 of those bags that you pulled had nothing in them, you didn't feel that you couldn't possibly shake that thing and go, there's not a single stone in here. You couldn't I mean, squeeze if it's, it if it's go, like like a,
1: a heavy briefcase. Are you gonna notice the like several ounces different of? See, I'm thinking weather. more
0: like it's like a dop kit. It's like a like a you know
1: like a six by ten leather. I, guess I don't know. We don't have. I didn't see images of them at least.
0: The only thing I saw images of was the size of like the actual boxes that they drilled, and they're not the boxes themselves aren't that big. They're not briefcase sized boxes. Okay. So I'm thinking like. Again, I mean it, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I
1: feel you, but also I could see it. You're, I could it, see it. You're in the complete dark. It's the most like high stress situation of your life, probably. Yeah. You're on a you're on a very strict deadline. Yeah. You don't have time to be worrying about that shit. Even if you do pick one up and you'll be like, that's not what I thought this would feel like. You haven't felt one before. Right. And, and what gotta, are you gonna do? Right. You're just going to keep going until, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, there's no one to call, there's no one to tell, like, hey, this feels weird. You can't flip on the light and be like, yeah, this is empty. Right. I don't even know if they would have been able to open them at the time. I just feel like I would have maybe been like,
0: like, shake it a couple times. And like, I would feel raw diamonds, particularly if we're talking about. Are they
1: loose in there, though? I wouldn't pack diamonds just loose, bouncing off of each other inside a satchel. I mean, it's
0: the hardest thing. They're not going to hurt each other.
1: Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I, I guess
0: all I'm trying to say is this is another one of those moments in Leonardo's story where I had a moment where I was like
1: mm, bullshit. Yeah.
0: I, you, I feel you, like you went through you went through six hours of deconstructing a vault and pulling these leather things, didn't think a single thing about it. So you go back to your apartment and you went,
1: Oh my God, we're we only have twenty million dollars. Well, he, he also claims that he was not actually in there. He was waiting outside this whole time. Yeah, he said he drove. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel you. There are definitely parts of this story that are suspicious. Yeah. This is one of them. Yeah. I also could see a scenario in which that would happen. Yes. Agreed. If you add up all of these scenarios. There's some there's some issues here. I think the odds of this happening exactly the way he's describing it are probably pretty low. Yes. But I, this one doesn't stick out the most to me, I guess. Well, Okay we'll get the, we'll get there. I mean, we can disagree it, on that yeah, too no, obviously, no, no, no. but
0: I, I just I think the 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 I guess my only caveat to that and we can get to this later at the end though is like it behooves him in this sure. story to yeah. say that they got less than they got. Absolutely. Uh
1: so they get this they get roughly 20 million worth of cash, uh jewelry, some diamonds. And they go to meet up with this dealer who organized the whole thing. And he never shows. Yep. And so they're left with this $20 million to divide amongst the five of them. Yep. Which apparently they did. Not bad for a night's work. Yeah, I'll take $4, four million dollars four for million a stressful night. Approximately each, assuming it's being split evenly. Yep. Um, Leonardo and Speedy, his buddy who was the driver, although not on the actual heist, he was not the driver. I don't really understand what this dude's role was. He, well, he was in the vault. Speedy was yeah, in the vault. But why? What was his... His skill was apparently like getaway guy. I mean, he might have been like carrying bags or like... Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, Leonardo and Speedy are going back to Italy on, I think the next day on Sunday mm-hmm. with their cut of the $20 million worth of stuff. Right. And with a bag or several bags of evidence essentially. Yeah. They have uh receipts from purchases that they made for equipment. They have uh video tape that they pulled from the, the vault, re- the, the vault and from the building. Yep. They have It seems to be glove, like they all wore gloves during the actual break-in so they have the gloves and their plan is to somewhere during this 10-hour drive from Antwerp back to I don't know where in Italy. I thought it was Milan. Okay. Uh, They're going to pull off in some remote area and just burn this stuff. Yep. Because it's apparently the only evidence of this crime that exists. Yes. So they do that. They stop and they pull off in this really remote area. They're going to find a spot to burn these couple bags of trash. They're going to be good to go. Yep. Speedy's driving. He pulls over. Uh, Leonardo gets out to find a, like... Specific location to actually burn this stuff, right? Where they're not going to burn down anything else, or make, yeah, or make like a bunch of fucking smoke super and obvious, fire, yeah. where everyone's like, "What the fuck's going on in the hills, right there?" Yeah, he finds a spot, comes back to the car, and when he comes back, Speedy is like tossing this shit out of the bags everywhere. He's having like a full-on panic attack slash break from reality speedy none of them have slept in at least two days at this point too speedy bro and this dude this dude has lost it he's paranoid he's sleep deprived and he's just like throwing this shit all willy-nilly into the woods Mm -mm -mm -mm. apparently there's also like loose gems and money and stuff in these some of these bags which also for what it's worth makes no sense to me totally agree unless they unless they were like trash bags and then also loot bags in the car and he grabbed both maybe and just fucked it up or something yeah or like he was but even so, that sounds he was so f- outrageous to or me. he was so far gone that he was just grabbing shit and throwing it regardless of what it was i don't know yeah so they pick up the valuable stuff as much as they can yep and this other trash and tape and everything is just strewn all throughout this wooded area yep they decide to just leave it Like, fuck it, we're in the middle of nowhere, no one's gonna know what this stuff is, it's all over the place, none of it's really tied to us anyway. It'll
0: deteriorate in a couple months,
1: we're fine. Let's just leave it. Yep. Unfortunately for them, the person whose property they were on had had issues with people dumping shit on his property. Right. He sees it a couple days later, he calls the police. Right. To say, hey, these fuckers are dumping trash on my property again, can you please do something about it? Right. Right. And he happens to describe some of the things that he's found in this trash. One of which is a bunch of envelopes labeled. Antwerp Diamond Center. Yes. At this point, the authorities are well aware that a hundred million dollars worth of shit got stolen out of the Antwerp Diamond Center over the weekend. Right. And they come out to his property ASAP. And go get all that shit. In that shit, they find a receipt in Leonardo's name. They find a business card of, was it, it was one of the other guys. It was either the monster or the, not the key guy. Who was the other dude? I can't,
0: I can't remember. Like, you had all the names. Just... The, all the, everything that I read didn't have good
1: names in it. Oh, I, the the Wired article had the actual guys' um, names in it because three out of the, or four out of the five of them have been arrested. Yes. Um, anyway, the, it was Elio Denario, AKA the genius had one of his fucking business cards in this trash bag. Yep. So the authorities decide that that's enough to get a search warrant for Leonardo's apartment Yep. or his, yeah, he had an apartment in, uh, in Antwerp in addition to his, uh, office. Yep. They also got a search warrant for his home in Italy. Mm hmm. He gets back to Italy Decides to go back to Antwerp with his wife uh, on by like Monday or Tuesday morning to say essentially to say like he thought it would be suspicious if all this shit got stolen and then he didn't show up for a week. That would make him a suspect. Right. So his plan was to walk back in on Monday or Tuesday like he's just showing up for work. Doesn't know what happened. Yep. While he's driving back to Belgium, the authorities show up at his house in Italy He's not there. He walks into the Diamond Center on Monday morning. The authorities are aware. The security personnel at the building call the authorities. They show up. Could you come with us, sir? They go back to his apartment. And at his apartment, they find a whole bunch of other stuff.
0: SIM cards of like pings to towers back and forth. Mm. Pretty much they were the SIM cards that they only used to talk to each other which was smart to have SIMs that they only plugged in and used for those
1: calls. Dumb to not destroy them immediately. Dumb
0: to not literally... You could have broken them in half yeah. on your way out of the fucking apartment and they would have been useless. You could have put them
1: in those trash bags even then they would have you, been better off. You, you could hold have, on to them?
0: You could have stood outside and smoked a cigarette and held a lighter to each one individually
1: yeah. and they would have been gone. So, and they also found like in... The- <laughs> His relatives were carrying out a rolled up carpet mm. and they vacuumed the carpet and pulled gemstones out of it which just, that's just that's just disrespectful so that's reckless. just sloppy yo so reckless that's just sloppy they also found a grocery receipt yeah from one of the other guys uh that had a timestamp on it like a time and date attached to it they went back to the grocery had the grocery pull their security footage And found footage of this dude checking out of this grocery at that date, at that time. Yeah. Buying the stuff that was then found in Leonardo's apartment. Tied all of them together. Yeah. Everyone except the key master, the old guy. So four out of the five of them were arrested. Yep. Leonardo ended up serving... He got out in 2009... Originally he, on parole. He got sentenced to
0: 10 years. He was. Got out to, after six. Then he went out on parole and then violated his parole for not participating in restitution for the people that he took stuff from. And because of that, yeah. they sent him back to jail. He got out for good in
1: 2017. The rest of it. Yep. So he is now free. He had the longest sentence at 10 years for, like, organizing the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, The rest of the guys got between three and five years, I think. Exactly.
0: Now, this is a very important part of this grift that I need
1: to, like, talk about really quickly. Before you get to that. Yes. None of the actual loot has been found. They have not recovered any outside
0: of the diamonds they vacuumed, and there was like seventeen individual diamonds in a safe in Leonardo's apartment. Yeah, they have not gotten back any of the money or any of the other jewelry or any of the other loose diamonds. Whether it was the twenty heist.
1: million or a hundred million, they haven't found shit. Yes, which is awesome. <laughs> which is also crazy that you can send four people to jail. Without actually having, having the stuff that got stolen. That st- yes, yeah. I mean you have evidence, but you don't have the actual stuff. Right. It's like it's like you killed somebody, but you don't have
0: a body. It's like right. well, but you're sending four people to jail for murder. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you told me tomorrow that in the United States, the most, the maximum you could give me for robbing. A fucking diamond but, vault of a hundred million. million dollars is five years. Well, you got 10. Well, for some of the other ones for their roles, which also I don't understand is like, cause they weren't orchestrators. They got five. Sign me up. R- regardless, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here going like, oh yeah, bro. Yeah. I'd be the first one in line. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, if we do this right. And the, my worst penalty is also, five I love years. That none of them
1: snitched on the old guy. That's so hard, bro. And none of them snitch on each other either. To be fair, yeah, they, they, they were all arrested it independently. Independent. Yeah.
0: I'm just saying, man, if you're telling me that fucking $100 million robberies and like no violent crimes, like they didn't, they didn't fucking
1: very smart and ethical on their part.
0: Yeah. They didn't pull any guns on anybody. They didn't threaten any security guards or kidnap anybody or nothing. They just snuck in, snuck out. But if you're telling me I can sneak in and sneak out and the worst thing that could happen to me is three to five years, shit, I'd be a career criminal. True. Well, I guess I'm moving what, to Milan. What do you think bro? Leonardo's doing right now in 2019? Being a free man for two years. It, being not only is he being a free man, he's probably off
1: somewhere being rich because yeah. that shit
0: got went somewhere, and they yeah. all have that money somewhere.
1: So the the hypothesis uh, to potentially explain the 20 million versus hundred million dollar uh, discrepancy, yes, as that, well as the bags being empty discrepancy, yes, is that. Leonardo and company may have gotten played, essentially, as part of an insurance fraud scheme. So the dealer that contacted them initially may have been uh, perpetrating an insurance fraud in the sense of he knew that there was going to be this shipment coming in. Yes. Valued at a hundred million dollars yes, he organized for it to be stolen, but before it was stolen, he and the other dealers who had their stuff stashed in that vault removed it claimed eighty million dollars in losses for insurance purposes, yep, but actually had possession of that eighty million dollars worth of diamonds right that they claimed were stolen, and that they then sold uh through less legal means later on. Right. So they could collect the insurance money but then also still maintain possession of those diamonds. Right. That is what Leonardo claims is
0: true. Claims happened. The flip side of that coin is they actually did get all 100 million dollars and that one or many of the guys before they were arrested were able to put that stuff in safekeeping elsewhere with other people and all uh, every one of these dudes was well enough and of an age where it was like, I'll do my five, I'll do my 10 and I'll walk out the flip side and I'll have made a fucking
1: a million dollars a year. I got 25 million <laughs> yeah, sitting somewhere. Yeah. I,
0: I, I would, I would probably go to jail for 10 years for fucking two and a half million dollars a year and come out the other side, like set for life in a very extra crazy way. Yeah. And, well,
1: it, it's crazy because a lot of these, or Leonardo at least, was set before. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, this dude must have had millions of dollars before he pulled this off.
0: I mean, I don't, it's, I haven't seen anything that's like too specific about it, but he seems to either, have been like in a pretty decent place, and this was like his potentially his last hurrah to really some send it
1: home pretty light speculation we can I yeah. think it's safe to assume that he was doing fine before this So there, there's also a third theory yes that Leonardo is tied to the Italian mob sure and that this was actually done for the it was, this was an Italian mob job right and they were going to get paid out well for their roles in it but that
0: the mob was going to bankroll and they were going to get a bunch of money back from and
1: Leonardo it. Leonardo is covering for them. Yes. And the connection being his cousin is allegedly the head of the Italian mob. Yes. There's no way to verify any of these three theories. Right. But they all seem somewhat plausible.
0: Yeah. I mean, all plausible in their own rights. I think any one of those could happen. The one thing that, um, that I find the most interesting is not the most interesting, but I find to be the most like causes me to ponder the most is it seems like with a lot of the, um, a lot of like, it almost seems like the execution of this crime as explained by Leonardo is too good to be true. Well, we yeah. well we planted a camera that read the that read the um
1: the code for the door. Like And and yet it worked. Well, right. If if they don't have the assuming that his story is correct, which the little evidence we have points to it being correct. If they don't have the trash bag slip up. Right. They get away they with get this caught. free. Yeah, for sure. The, Probably ever.
0: Totally. I think the point that I was trying to make is, though, that like it seems like they may have had more help than he alludes to. Yeah. Like, somebody maybe gave you that code. Somebody maybe told you there was a foot long key in the janitor's closet next to the safe. Somebody yeah. may have told you, here's when the best time to go in and out is. Somebody may have told you, here's where the heat sensor is on the window
1: above the, like versus this full scale replica in a warehouse shit. Yeah. Yeah. Ocean's 11 aspects of this story. Yes, exactly. Which
0: for again, for what it's worth, like oceans 11 came out after they did this and he tells a very ocean. mm,
1: I thought you said it was a one.
0: Well, right. But I mean like after this plan was hatched and or before this interview came out. So he very well could have seen oceans 11 at any given point leading up to this wired interview and told elements of it that again, mirror that story pretty well, while also being like, maybe we didn't have a replica of this. Maybe, uh, maybe we had somebody who was like, Hey, um, there are going to be guards looking at the cameras that night. So Mm -hmm. fucking go nuts and turn the lights on all you want.
1: I am the guard who's supposed to be looking at that night. And if you throw me a hundred grand, I won't, I don't give a
0: shit. Exactly. Like it feels more to me like that has to be what happened than Every single sensor, every wire, everything done in the dark, every heat sensor, every single thing was perfectly deactivated and like perfectly fine and didn't cause any issues or trigger anything. Like, I don't know. The other thing too, that I think is worth talking about is like, there are, there are insinuations in specific cultures that when official stories roll out about how things happened, official bodies want to potentially cover up any official uh, fuck ups ups or participations in. Yeah. Yeah so
1: like if ethical fuck
0: ups yeah exactly <laughs> so if like the belgian police are like oh somebody got bought out to like not respond to that thing or to respond and not get there for four hours the better or whatever, story
1: is that the perfect crime was committed they they just yeah. they
0: fucking nailed everything they threaded yeah. every single needle in like a 75 needle fucking domino chain yeah and got away scot free except for these fucking trash bags you know what Either way they did it. It's amazing. No. (laughs) Whether they pay people off or not.
1: No, they still pulled that shit off until the one fucking guy dumped his trash in the wrong dude's yard. And
0: I'm not and I'm not detracting from that at all. I think for me, it's just that that helps me point to like the why and how this happened and potentially
1: what the outcome was. Yeah. Miraculous as it seems on paper.
0: But still, like the the reality of the situation most likely is that four to five guys served a cumulative total of like
1: less than 30 20. years in not prison even. yeah not even
0: well three of them got yeah th- three of them got five three to five and, and, to one, five got and one got ten and only
1: because he fucked up he only originally got six yes. and then he didn't want
0: to pay people uh, yeah, back yeah what a dick so so you <laughs> so you all served 25 years in prison and y'all got paid a hundred million dollars to do that yeah and, yeah. the, and the old guy got away for free. And the old guy is God out somewhere him. drinking fucking
1: martinis. it's and and probably, like, probably passed on by now, but well, I bet he had a great last 15 years of his life. Oh, tops, bro. The best you can get. The best you can get. <laughs> you, can get. Uh, you know what? God bless those. Wiley bastards hey God' you're, bless. You're stealing from people who are basically like is there a I less ethical, literally just gonna say is this. there a less ethical way in the first place to make money than the fucking diamond trade I mean like it's go, not, go get fucked if that's how you're making your millions anyway, you deserve to have that shit stolen
0: and and here's the thing the so the I, i'm gonna I'm gonna read a quick passage from the end of that wired article really quickly to kind of culminate things it's it says uh quote. If Norda Bartolo's insurance scam theory is correct, it went down like this. The dealers who were in on it, so as in the diamond dealers in the building, uh, were in on it and removed their goods, both legal and illegal, from the vault before the heist. And then all of them filed claims on their legitimate gems. Denise Oliver, the adjuster who investigated the robbery for insurers, calls this the double whammy. These dealers would have gotten the insurance payouts and kept their stock. The $20 million... $20 Twenty million dollars found by the thieves belonged to traders who were not in on the scam, or there was no insurance scam, and the thieves actually found a hundred million dollars in the vault. And Norder Bertolo has spun a story to cloud the true origins of the heist. Now, even if that was the case, that they found the hundred million dollars, those people who had their stuff stolen probably still had it insured. So an insurance Correct. company either paid a hundred million dollars. For a hundred million dollars of missing goods,
1: there should be a record of that though what do you mean those payouts right? You'd think somebody
0: would have well, it depends on how much you had to prove was in there or whatever yeah. you might have you might have only been able to prove so much was in there or whatever, but it's either that or they just paid for they whatever was insured in there, and then the people who got hit are fucking diamond sellers, yeah. This is my definition of a good grip. yeah it's a great one they didn't fucking They didn't murder anybody they didn't traumatize Any bank tellers they didn't Kidnap anybody unethical businessmen they Snuck in through they snuck in through a Window and they ripped off some insurance companies And some extra fucking super duper rich People that's the fucking (laughs) best And they didn't even do like hard Time for it this (laughs) is This shit is awesome I live for this Shit I Don't recommend anyone do this but also I love hearing about it when it happens God bless. God bless you. (laughs) Hey, it's the What If Podcast. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, We've got another episode this week, and we actually have another episode every week. If you go to patreon.com slash podcast, there is a paid episode for just five bucks a month. You get an extra episode every week, plus access to a back catalog of over a 100 episodes of the show you've never heard before if you've never been in there. Gosh, dang. Go to shop.whatifpodcast.com. If you want to buy swag, we got shirts. You can buy shoutouts on the show. We'll talk about your shit. If you want to send us an email, it's hi at whatifpodcast.com. Voicemails are 612-246-4614. We out of here! Leave us a review on iTunes. We love you. Bye!